Okay, good morning to all. We are going to be studying today Hilchot Kiryat Shema, Perik Bet. Um, this chapter is a continuation of the previous chapter. Now we're going to be speaking a little bit more about the Hayyub of Mishot Kiryat Shema and its fulfillment and um, different, uh, different details in how to fulfill the Mishot of Kiryat Shema. Halacha Alif. Hakoret Shema velo kiven lebo if somebody reads Kiryat Shema and he did not concentrate his mind while reciting the first verse of Kiryat Shema, in other words, the one, the, the Shema Israel, that, be, that beginning verse, he did not his duty of the Mesvah. But the rest of the Pesukim, the rest of Kiryat Shema, Im kiven leboyasa. Im lo kiven leboyasa. Filo ha'ek oreba Torah kederko magia ha'parashiyot ha'elu ba'onat ha'kiriyayasa. If the rest of the Pesukim, if he did not um, concentrate his mind while reciting them, then he nevertheless fulfills his duty for of Kiryat Shema, even if he was just simply reciting Pesukim from the Torah, um, to study Torah, and then the time for Kiryat Shema came, and he had kavanah to be Yosei the Chobah. He is he had kavanah to fulfill his, his duty. He is he fulfills it. Or let's say somebody was magihai to parashiot. That is somebody who's um, uh, uh, editing uh, a, a scroll of the Torah during the time of the Kiryat, and while he's editing, he's reading, and in his mind, he's concentrating the, for the first pasuk at least to be Yosei the Chobah, and the rest of the pasukim. He continues reading it, and it is, and he has an you know, because Kiryat Shema, he, even if he doesn't, doesn't concentrate his mind to be to on the Pesukim, he nevertheless fulfills his duty. Of course, as I previously mentioned, this is as long as he concentrates his mind for the first verse. Halacha bet. Kol b'nei adam korein kedarkan, ben omerin, ben mehalechin, ben shochevin, ben rochevin, agabe behema. Anybody may read Kiryat Shema, in, which, in whichever posture or position that they want to read, standing, walking, laying down, we will see a little bit more on laying down um, in a bit, um, on a, on a uh, riding an animal, driving a car, etc., etc. However, in regard to laying down, one is not permitted to read Kiryat Shema if he's laying flat on his back or flat on his stomach, because it's not proper. But rather, when somebody's laying down, while laying on his side. But a fat individual, a um, full individual, and he has difficulty to turn to his side, to stay on his side, or he was sick, for, for, for instance, then he may turn a bit to his side, a little bit, make a small turn as much as he can and read. In the Talmud was Rabbi Yohanan, who was a little bit overweight, and this is, in fact, how he used to read Kiryat Shema. Halacha Gimel. Mishihaya mehalech al raglav, omed befasuk rishon, vehashe'ar kore vehu mehalech. So somebody that was walking, he was walking in the street, a pedestrian, and now came the time for Kiryat Shema. So he must stand while reciting the first pasuk. What does it mean, stand? The word omed in Hebrew, 
if translated to, you know, literally to modern Hebrew, to modern English, means to stand. But in the Talmudic Hebrew, in the earlier Hebrew, stand also meant stop. So for an example, there's a famous machloket in the Kaddish between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. Ashkenazim stand during the Kaddish, while Sephardim simply, um, they may sit during the Kaddish. But what, and why is this? Because it's the machloket, it's a disagreement in the interpretation of the word stand. The Ashkenazim interpret that you must actually physically stand up on one's feet. The Sephardim say, no, you just have to stay in one spot, in one position, don't, don't walk around. But the rest of Kiryat Shema, so we said the Kiryat Shema, you have to stop whatever you're doing for the first Pasuk, and then the, the rest of Kiryat Shema, you may continue while you're walking. Let's say somebody fell asleep. I have a friend that fell asleep, and I know that he did not read Kiryat Shema. So you must wake him up, bother him, so that he reads the first Pasuk, and from here on out, after he reads the first pasuk, if he was um, uh, uh, overcome by his sleepiness, then um, he does not need to be disturbed or, you know, oh, you know, woken up. And he's Yosei the Chova, and he has fulfilled his duty. Halacha dalit. So if somebody was um, busy, engaged in his work, yes, and the time for Kiryat Shema came, he must stop his work, stop in the middle of his work, for the whole first paragraph of Kiryat Shema. And also, craftsmen, and so literally translated, uman means craftsman, but, it, but what it means actually is a professional craftsman, a craftsman who is professional in the field of work in which he is um, a craft, craft, uh, you, know, you know, an artisan. In. So these craftsmen also they stop for the first paragraph of Kiryat Shema. So why? So that the reading of Shema shouldn't be um, perfunctory. So it shouldn't be some, you know, uh, um, uh, haphazard reading. You know, just nothing. It has to be something. It's, it's just you're fulfilling a mitzvah. But the rest of Kiryat Shema, one may read. Um, as he's working, of course, the rest, the, the other two paragraphs. Even somebody who is really, who is um, standing on top in uh, some sort of uh, uh, worker, who is standing on top of a tree or on top of a wall, um, he may read in where he is. And, of course, he has to say the beracha before and after. He has to say the blessing. Let's say somebody was engaged in the study of Torah. So you would say, oh, you know, he's studying Torah, so, you know, maybe you could continue. So the time Kiryat Shema comes while he's studying Torah, he must stop and continue and, and start reading Kiryat Shema. And of course, he must say the blessings of Kiryat Shema, the ones previously mentioned um, in the previous chapter, before and after Kiryat Shema. But let's say somebody was engaged in public duties, okay, like a gabay of a bit kineset, a gabay of a congregation, yes? Um, so he really does not have to stop because he's engaged in public duties, yes? He could complete the, the duties and then he could read Kiryat Shema, of course, if there's time left to read.
obviously, הלכה ו. היה עוסק באכילה, או שהיה במרחס, או שהיה עוסק בתספורת, או שהיה מהפך בעונות, או שהיו עוסקים בדין, גומר, ואחר כך קורא קריאת שמע, somebody who was eating or bathing, or getting his, uh, trimming his hair, getting his hair cut, or um, turning leather, leathers, or um, in a um, uh, trial, in a court, yes, all these people, they finish, they may finish, and the time of Kiryat Shema came, they may finish the work in which they are engaged, and then read Kiryat Shema after that. Why? What is the reason for this? Because these are all things um, which are, um, uh, you know, you don't want to be reading Kiryat Shema while doing these things. Um, really, um, one should not start doing these things, uh, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll start. No, forget about that. Um, the explanation is because um, uh, they, they already started and what they were doing, they shouldn't stop. The halakha permits them to continue. And then after they finish, they read Kiryat Shema. However, However, if these people were um, afraid that the time that that if they interrupt in that if they don't interrupt in their business, um, the time for Kiryat Shema will pass the three out the three timely hours which we mentioned yesterday. Um, this is really praiseworthy um, and very nice. However, um, if they don't want to stop, the halacha permits them not to. The halacha permits them to finish their their business. Somebody who went down to take a tevila. What tevila is? It's um, what I would call a um, a ritual bath where you go into water. It's uh, for purity, for um, spiritual purity. Now he's doing this um, close to the time of Kiryat Shema. If he could get up, and the time for Kiryat Shema came, if he could get out of the tevila, out of the mikveh out of the uh, pool before, and we're talking about, about a special pool for Tevila, for the, the action of spiritual pur purification, if he could get out of this pool and cover himself and read before sunrise, he may do so. However, however, if he was afraid that he would miss the time of Kiryat Shema if he um, did this, Yes, he may cover himself in the water in which he is sitting or standing, right? In the, the water in which he is in, and read Kiryat Shema. However, of course, there's um, some um, details in, in the water in which he is in. However, he should not cover himself in water which is um, uh, um, uh, smells bad or water which was standing um, uh, for a while, and not in um, uh, clear water, yes? Um, and, um, uh, sorry, is water that was used um, for different, uh, for soaking different uh, materials. Mimselulin is clear water, because when somebody is standing in clear water, his, um, uh, his, um, uh, covered body parts are seen. Um, however, um, but rather, he should cover himself in water. Of course, we're not talking about overly smelly cloudy or cloudy water that is uh, scentless, and there he may read, because the cloudy water covers his um, 
usually covered body parts. Is halacha het hakore kriyat shema lo yilmos be'anav velo yikros besfatav velo yere be'es be'otav kedesh shelo teh kriyat arai. Somebody who is reading kriyat shema with his eyes or signal with his mouth um, or point with his fingers. Why? So that the recital of kriyat shema should not be perfunctory. Okay. It's we're, we're fulfilling a misvad oraita. It's not something you know, reading a newspaper. But if he did so, even though he fulfilled his duties for Kiryat Shema, this is definitely a coming form of conduct. And one must hear his own reading while he's reading Kiryat Shema. But if he does not um, say it loud enough so that he hears himself, he nevertheless um, fulfilled his duty. Also, another important rule. Somebody must um, really properly enunciate the letters, proper pronunciation, say the words in their most proper fashion. And we will get into what it means to, to properly But if he did not have perfect um, pronunciation, nevertheless, he filled his duty. How does one properly pr pronounce the words of He should be careful not to um, sound a letter that has a, uh, a um, sorry, to not, um, uh, to un there's things in the world called, in Hebrew, there's something called a dagesh, in which the word, um, let's say you have a pe, that's pe de gusha. It could also be written fe if it does not have a dagesh or kaf that's kaf de gusha. It could also be chaf if it does not have a dagesh. Um, there are certain letters that have to be pronunciated with, um, I'll call it certain strength. Okay, and so somebody must be careful. The digduk, the proper digduk for kiriyat shema, is not to unstrengthen a letter that's supposed to be strengthened, and not to strengthen the letter that's not supposed to be unstrengthened. Also, um, there's um. Uh, Another rule in Hebrew um, that there's something called Shevanah and Shevanah. Um, also, I will not get too deep into this. It's um, Shevanah is where you do eh. Shevanah is where you do where you do not pronounce. Where you do not um, give it any mobility or any movement to the to the sound. Um, and you have to be careful um, in Hebrew. It's the same vowel that has different sounds. So you must be careful to make the vowel sound the way it's supposed to according to the word in which it is. And, and this could be explained in much more depth. I'm just giving it, you know, what time allowing, um, giving the explanation that the time given at my disposal allows. Also, another important thing, we pronounce the every single letter. So if we have two words, of one word has the same letter as the beginning of its of the following word, such as bechol lebavicha, right? Bechol ends with lamed, lebavicha starts with lamed, right? So bechol lebavicha, you could read it as one, you could connect it, bechol lebavicha, right? So that if you're missing one of the letters, you're actually, in fact, swallowing one of the lameds. But rather, it's a, you should read bechol lebavicha. Make a small distinction between 
the two words, so that you don't swallow the words. Same thing. ends with mem, mehera starts with mem. You must make a little distinction between the two. Hakanaf petil. Also, hakanaf ends with fe. Petil starts with pe. You must make a distinction. Now, a very important note um, given to me by my grandfather, Biosefaur, um, Sheikhye. They don't really have the same pronunciation. You read in nowadays, hakanaf does not have a dagesh, petil has a dagesh. So it's two different letters. It's hakanaf. Why does one have to make such a special distinction? You can read it. Hakanaf petil. There's no swallowing of any letter. But in the original pronunciation, in the time of the Talmud, in the time of the Talmud, Gesh was not instituted. It was instituted later. It was instituted in the Tiberian period. And during before the Tiberian period, there was no Degeshim in the, um, the letters Begat Kefat. And really, it was Hakanaf Fetil. Nowadays we have hakanaf petil, but nevertheless, obviously, one must anyway make sure to make some sort of distinction. It is needed. Also, the word tizkeru, if you don't make an important, if you don't make it sounded, the zain, it'll come out tizkeru. It could come out like that, and I've heard many people do it. Tizkeru, it's supposed to be tizkeru. And one must lengthen the, the dalit of the word ehad. Of course, um, Ehad, a dalit, there's a dalit degusha, which is da, and there's a dalit which is not degusha, which is the, like a th in English. And that is the dalit, which is an ehad, of course, it does not have a dagesh. Um, and it's like ehad rather than ehad. People who make the mistake of doing ehad, um, proper Hebrew grammar, proper Hebrew pronunciation is ehad, with a, like a th at the end. Um, and the reason you need to make the, the dalit of a hat longer, of a hath longer, is so that you could um, um, uh, you could really um, uh, acclaim God as the sovereign in the heaven and the earth and towards the four cardinal points of the, of, uh, of the compass, because um, that is what Kiryat Shema is about. You're um, saying and, and um, taking it upon yourself that Hashem is one. And also, somebody must not say um, too fast the alif, the beginning of a had, too slow the beginning of a had, so there comes a had, or or There's two explanations to this. The second explanation is that slow, uh, short, and the dalit long, like a had. No, say it regular a had, right? Um, that is. Um, I hope the explanation is clear to all those who are listening. And Kiryat Shema may be read, may be recited in any language in which the person knows, but with one important, important rule. The language which you read it in, you must pronounce it with the utmost accuracy as if it were Hebrew. In other words, the same accuracy that we give to reading Hebrew, you must pronounce it in the same in, in that accuracy if you're doing it, for instance, in English. So don't read it in a slang. Read it in the highest level English if you're going to read it in English. Um, of course, if somebody knows Hebrew, it's um, better to do so in Hebrew. Somebody who reads um, Shema, recites Shema, not in the correct sequence, did not um, fulfill his duty. 
In what case are we just talking? In the in the order of the pesukim of the verses. However, aval imikdim parasha le parasha av al pishe en orashai ani omer sheyasa le pishe en nasimuchal habatorah. However, if somebody um switched the order of the paragraphs of Kiryat Shema of the three paragraphs, Harambam, he's making here a pesak alacha of his own based on his own um uh, his own judgment and he's saying according to Haram Bam one who one who switched the order of the paragraphs did fulfill his duty because why and for what reason because the paragraphs were not um connected one to another in the Torah but rather they, they are in different places in a, in a uh, scroll scroll of in a scroll of the Torah they're in different places again this is one of those cases is very important to know which he says Ani Omer I say because the judgment is not clear in the Talmud so he made his own judgment here and he's letting us know this is not a Talmudic um, Pesach, this is not a Talmudic um, uh, judgment, rather this is my own. If somebody read the same verse twice, it is um, it is really is not proper, it is improper. However, moreover, if somebody read the same word twice, then they shut him up. In the case that he's a hazan, if you hear him, you sh you're supposed to shut him up because um, it sounds like he believes in two deities. He's saying it to two different deities. Somebody who read Kiryat Shema, but not in a continuous fashion, but rather took breaks in between um, the words and the letters and so on, he fulfilled his duty as long as he reads in the proper order. Yes? And even if he stopped for a long time, even if he stopped enough time to finish the whole the whole recitation of Kiryat Shema, he still fulfilled, fulfilled his duty. Somebody who read Kiryat Shema in a sleepy mode, and he was very sleepy, he was rather, he was drowsy. Yes? And Harambam gives the definition for drowsy. Drowsy is somebody who's not sleeping, but not awake. Yes? He fulfilled his duty. But, this is as long as he was fully awake for the first pasuk, for the first verse of Kiryat Shema. This is a very interesting halacha, um, and I will. It has a very, very interesting detail in it, which I will quickly give a little idea, a little point on, which should be noted. Um, so, somebody who read, who is not sure or not, he must read again, and with his reading, he must read. The Berachot. He must recite before and after the blessings which were prescribed in the previous chapter. Now, this is a little bit odd because, for the very simple, for the very simple reason that the Berachot themselves are derabanan. The Berachot themselves are a um, rabbinic. They were instituted by the rabbis, and we have the the following rule that Berachot Berachot lehakel. If you have a Beracha and you're not sure whether you said it or not, you do not say it. So why is it? That in the case of Kiryat Shema, in the case of a person who is unsure if he recited Kiryat Shema or not, he must say the Berachot with um, the Kiryat Shema. And the answer is very simple. It is a rabbinic institution. It, is a rabbinic, uh, it was prescribed by the sages. But just like Birkat Amazon, if somebody is not sure, he says the whole blessing, which is constituted of, uh, can, which can, uh, has in it four blessings, um, one of them being a rabbinic blessing, 
The same way you do with that in, in Birkat Amazon, uh, the blessing after the meal. You say the whole thing if you're not sure, because it's a um, it's the only blessing that is from the Torah. It's the only blessing that is not rabbinic. Again, the only blessing that's not rabbinic is Birkat Amazon. And if you're not sure if you said Birkat Amazon, you say the whole blessing, including the rabbinic blessings which are in it. That same, very same way in Kiryat Shema, which is a misvah, it's a precept from the Torah. When you fulfill it, you fulfill the whole precept as instituted by the sages. And therefore, you do say the Berachot before and after, even if you're not sure, because you're doing, because this misvah, this precept, you're doing it as one, as prescribed by hachamim, by the sages, by the rabbis. But now Haraman gives, gives us a slightly different case. Somebody who knows that he read Kiryat Shema. However, somebody who knows he read Kiryat Shema, but he's not sure if he said the Berachot or not. Now he, he's sure that he read, he's sure that he fulfilled the reading of the Pesukim, of those three paragraphs, but he's not sure about the blessings. In this case, he does not say the Berachot. The berachot. He does not say the blessings. Why? Because the blessings are rabbinic. And we know that he fulfilled the um, the 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 um, Torah's fulfillment. We're not sure about the rabbinic side of this fulfillment. Therefore, he does not fulfill it all. To, does not say the berachot. Somebody who read and made a mistake in Kiryat Shema. He, he mixed up the pesukim. He goes back to the place, uh, the last place, which he remembers that he made the mistake. Let's say somebody suddenly in the middle of reading Kiryat Shema does not remember which paragraph he was in. He goes all the way to the first paragraph because, um, of course, this is an important fulfillment. Um, he has to fulfill it. Let's say somebody made a mistake in the middle of the paragraph. And he doesn't know where he stopped. He doesn't remember where he stopped. He goes to the beginning of that very paragraph in which he made a mistake in. Now, in Kiryat Shema, we have the two first paragraphs have in them a, a, a um, identical pasuk, which is Yes? In the first paragraph and in the second. So let's say somebody read Uchtabtam, he's reciting Uchtabtam, and suddenly he's not sure and he does not remember which Wuchtabtam is in. He's like, wait, am I in Wuchtabtam of the first paragraph? Am I in Wuchtabtam of the second paragraph? He goes to the first paragraph because obviously um, to settle this unsurety. However, um, in the second paragraph of Shema, it says Wuchtabtam. And then immediately after um, which is a different pasuk, which is unique to the second paragraph, if he already reached the second pasuk, the pasuk uh, after following in the second paragraph, and he catches himself saying it, he's like, wait, and he's unsure, am I, was I in the of the first or in the second paragraph? He continues, why? For the very simple reason that he was going on the regularity of his tongue, on his memory, he was relying on the memory, which usually in most cases, takes him the right way. Um, and therefore, we rely that the same way in most cases his memory was taking him, would take him to, if he was in the second Uchtabtam, he would read the proper Pasuk after. Then this way, we, we trust that and we say the person should continue um, where, he where he was. Let's say 
כרון שפגע באביב או רבו, או מישהו גדול ממנו בחוכמה ומשיב שלום לכל אדם שנתן לו. So somebody who's in the middle of reading, reciting קריאת שמה, and suddenly um, he um, uh, um, uh, arbitrarily suddenly meets somebody. Um, he met somebody, but, but not in a, in, you know, not in a planned way. He suddenly, oh, he suddenly sees somebody he knows. Or somebody he knows sees him. So if he's in between the paragraphs, he may stop and be the first one to say hello to those, as long, uh, hello to the people, as long as there are people who he has the obligation to respect, like his father, or rabbi, or, or teacher, or somebody that's um, uh, um, at a higher intellectual level. In Torah and so on. So, um, and however, if he's in the middle of the paragraphs, he's in, inside one of the paragraphs, he may, and somebody says hello to him, he may say back hello um, to anybody who says hello to him. Um, it's a very important uh, halakha because really it says, it says in, uh, there's another halakha which says that always somebody, you should always try to be the first one to say hello. That's why we even, that's why this halakha is so relevant. It's important to always try to be the one who says hello first, to, to always be as nice and as proper to those around us. I made a mistake in the, in the explanation of the previous halakha. I'm going to re-explain it. Um, it said that if you're in the between the paragraphs, you may be the one initiating the halakha. As long as it's somebody older than you, somebody who you have to respect, somebody like your father or teacher. But if somebody said hello to you already, and you're in the middle of the paragraphs, then you may say hello back. Now, if he's in the middle of one of the paragraphs, he must not stop and say hello unless it's somebody who's afraid of. Like a king, a goy king, who may kill you if he sees you, or some sort of um, uh, thief or thug, you know, you're walking in, you're walking uh, at night, somebody comes to mug you, and you know, or, or you're scared that he's this, you, you say hello. But somebody who he's obligated to respect, and he's in the middle of Kiryat Shema, and he meets somebody that's obligated to respect, he's, he is, is not allowed to say hello. He's not allowed to be the one initiating the hello, the greeting. However, if the person who he has to respect already initiated the greeting, he must he may answer him back. Um, and if it's a regular person who does not have any have any duties to respect, have any obligation to respect, he does not answer back and he does not initiate a reading if he's in the middle of the paragraph. Zain, the last halacha. And we were saying in between the paragraphs, the middle of the paragraphs, what are in between the paragraphs? Ben between the first and second berachot, ben between the second beracha and shema. Uh, and the first and, and what we say Shema um, between the paragraph of Shema, which we say which ends with uh, and between there that's considered between the paragraphs between However, between the last parasha, the third paragraph of Shema to the Berachah that follow, immediately follows it, that is considered one long paragraph, which you may not stop in the middle of, um, unless as unless um, you're in the situations um, mentioned in Al-Khatid Zayn. Um, like we said in Al-Khatid Zayn, if you're in between the middle of the paragraph, let's say between 
you may not stop unless it's somebody that it's somebody that you're scared of that you must initiate a hello to, or somebody that somebody you owe respect to that initiated a hello and you want to answer him back um, in order to be respectful. Um, we have finished for today. Is that the Shem more on Sunday? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.